0: You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on on, on on a forklift. It's time for the buff show.
1: One hundred years. Look, here's the lives. It's just.
0: It's I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the buff show. Deeply held by uh, by a President. Stop moving that that that, that uh, you know. Call. That's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go. go, Brandon. I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff.
1: Welcome to the Matt Buff Show. Great to have you with us on this Wacky Wednesday. I'm your host in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Great to have you on Am. FM, The Answer Orlando, Roku TV on the Patriot Podcast Network, all of your top podcasting sites, and more and more places coming each week where you can hear the show and see the promos and everything like that. Check out thebuffshow.com for show information. Also, don't forget the for the Florida Freedom Keepers and Florida Patriots with a purpose have joined together to bring Community Activation Forum to you, a monthly strategy meeting. This is going to be great. Get activated for medical freedom at this special town hall candidate meet and greet. And you won't believe the list of candidates this is going to be there. Everybody you know and love is going to be there. You get to talk to them, hear great speakers. Central Florida Special Forum will be Monday, May 23rd, 2022 at 7 p.m. at the Grace Hopper Hall, 1913 Meeting Place, Orlando, Florida 32814. Space is limited. RSVP now to www.flfreedomkeepers.org. On that note, it's Moms for Liberty Wednesday on The Buff Show. Mother, do you think they'll
2: drop the bomb?
3: it is possible that uh, an organization like moms for liberty could have an impact on the midterm elections um, and maybe even going into 2024 particularly because uh, it is encapsulating in a very important uh, demographic in the electorate which you know are are women and mothers
2: mother should i trust the government so Yeah, I've stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach.
4: you know. Our mission is to hold school boards accountable for decisions affecting our
3: children.
0: What was once a scattershot operation is becoming much more organized. One example is the group, Bombs for Liberty. According to his website, the group, quote, welcomes all that have a desire to stand up for parental rights at all levels of government. Now, it started in Brevard County, Florida, but its chapters have spread nationwide.
1: I'd like to welcome back to the buff show. Tina Deskovich is back. Oh my goodness. Great (laughs) to have you, Tina.
5: Great to be here with you. Thanks for having our moms on each week. I know it's I've enjoyed watching each episode.
1: Well, I appreciate that. It's been great. We started with you and Tiffany, right? And then when we met at CPAC, we were like, we should get Uh, county chairs and chapter chairs from all over the country. And I think it's been awesome. People love the interviews and it's been fun talking to very courageous moms all over the country with your organization. It's just been a real treat for us too. And boy, the audience sure loves it too, Tina
5: great to hear they're doing just amazing work all in their local community and they just don't get enough credit and praise for what they're doing collectively as a whole by each each fortifying their community so you are doing that matt and we are very grateful for it
1: well tell us some updates how is things going Uh, everybody check out momsforliberty.org but talk about the growth we had a big primary last night talk about the effects of that
5: Yeah. So all eyes, I, you know, I turned on the news and went through all the major channels of news that were covering the primaries last night. And you know what I didn't see on a single channel? I did not see the state of New York. The state of New York had hundreds of school board races yesterday, and we were laser focused on those. So yes, we are excited about some of the primary wins in North Carolina, where we also had some school board candidates running uh, that we picked a candidate even in the Republican primary that our candidates won. But New York is where uh, my eyes were last night on group chats and texts with my leaders and waiting for those polls to close at 9 p.m.
1: Well, that is great to hear. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I got Tina coming on tomorrow and it's all about Dr. Oz. Every single channel, every single thing. Dr. Oz, Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz, Pennsylvania.
5: (laughs) It's super frustrating. I mean, if you look back to one of the reasons we started Moms for Liberty is we felt like America, moms in general, were overwhelmed by the stuff going on in DC, and we had no control or power to influence or impact. But when we really looked at it, a lot of the the issues were being decided locally. And we knew that we could organize in a fashion that we could have impact locally. And that's exactly what we're doing. And last night was a prime example. Everybody's focused on Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania, not us. We were focused on very small, very local, hundreds of school board races in the state of New York
1: yeah no that's good and it was were you guys able to track some wins you mentioned north carolina but how did it go in new york that you've seen so far
5: yeah you know i went into it like with the mindset uh if if we can just win one seat in the whole state of new york it'll be an amazing win because you know new york is very challenging we know it's very liberal uh they've They've been on lockdown longer than most and wearing masks, their children, you know, their toddlers are still wearing masks, Matt. It's it's really Unreal. unconscionable some of the stuff they're doing in New York. So we know it would we know it's a hard win any seat that we're able to pull in New York. We don't have final results yet. They're doing a recount in at least one county. And uh, we're, we're waiting for them all to fill in everything. And our reporting to a lot of them were up very late. I was getting texts one, two in the morning as their results were coming in and celebrating. But, I, you know, I can I can tell you we did way better, way better than the one seat that I was hoping for. So, uh, you know, there were some hard losses. We had some family members of our chapter, one of our chapter chairs, uh, family member was running. And I know that uh, he lost in his race and. Uh, but we also have some really big wins that we're excited about. So hopefully in the next day or so, hopefully later today, and maybe by tomorrow, we'll be able to release the exact numbers and show the impact uh, that we were able to have. I will say, uh, it seems like unilaterally, uh, what I'm hearing from every one of the counties where our chapters are, is voter turnout was record high for school board races. And so at a minimum, Matt, uh, we may not have taken all of the, uh, we endorsed a little over 50 seats in the state. We may not have taken all those 50 seats, but in all of those races, voter turnout was high and, and the electorate is now more engaged, understanding school board issues and has eyes on the school board. This isn't gonna change and we've only been around 17 months, and some of those chapters have only been around three or four months. It's not gonna change in three months. This is we're in it for the long game.
1: Well, absolutely, you guys are. It's growing faster than, than most organizations have ever grown, and we're seeing strides. Like, South Carolina became the 16th state to pass bill preserving women's sports. My only question to you is why those are only 16 states?
5: <laughs> I think it takes time. You know, it takes one governor standing up, one legislature standing up proposing, one governor signing, one state passing, uh, and they see how how successful they are and how it's the right thing to do. And then less brave governors find their bravery and less less brave state legislatures decide to sponsor you know, it. It's a process. Our government was built in a way that it's not supposed to move quickly so that we're not fluctuating back and forth, up and down. And so there, there's benefits to that, but obviously there's also downsides.
1: Well, we're very excited about 2022 Moms for Liberty. This is the year of the parent. Parents are coming parent. up. Yep. <laughs> every, every primary, we are seeing droves coming out. For conservatives, not just Republicans, but conservatives and school boards are a bigger focus now than they ever have been. We're going to show you guys some shocking clips, and we're going to get Tina's reaction on some of these. It's just unbelievable what's going on. But uh, Joe Biden endorsed a candidate... He doesn't endorse many because he really doesn't know what's going on, but he did endorse one, I guess some guy that was a friend of his, and he got 20% of the vote. He was Mm -hmm. the least popular candidate out of all the primaries last night. This tells you a lot about the direction of the country, Tina.
5: Yeah, I, you know, I'm a nice person, I think. I'd like to say I feel sorry for that guy, but not so much. If he's espousing the same ideologies and principles and values that our current president is trying to push on Americans, then I am thankful that he only got 20%. And my actual question is, who's that 20% of people that think those ideas are good ideas?
1: Well, it was a Democrat primary, so it's probably some hard lefters in that. <laughs> the- that, that approval rating is something we should definitely have an investigation on, though, because there's no way 35% of this country says, oh, I love gas prices being at an all-time high. I love the fact that they just tried to pass a bill killing children in the womb up until birth. I love an open border. I love money going to a foreign country. I mean, we could go on and on. I love the highest inflation ever. You can't tell me 35% uh, of Americans are saying, oh, this is a great thing.
5: I refuse to believe it. Refuse. <laughs> That's right. All right. Let's jump
1: into some um, of these clips here because it's quite shocking. This one we played on the show last night and then Tucker played it too. And and a lot of people and a mom for Liberty on Twitter, you got to follow them. It's a great follow. They do a phenomenal job putting out news and information that you just don't get in many other places. But this I want to set this up. This was a mom in Clark County. She is very emotional. Her first time ever coming before the school board. You'll see her shaking, visibly upset, and just trying to get her point across about what's going on with her 15-year-old daughter. Tina, take a look at this, and I'll get your reaction on the other side.
4: Thank you. I'm going to read you an assignment given to my...
1: She starts crying.
4: 15-year-old daughter at a local high school. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just, I don't like your dick or any dick in that case. I cheated, Joe. I'm sorry. This is me. me. Excuse me. I I don't. Thank you so much for your, thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me. I, we're not using profanity. Are you? Okay. Wh- have this, back. That's relevant. I
3: okay. The this, this
4: required my daughter to read, memorize this, and read this pornographic material. Uh, excuse me. Please don't engage with the audience. Okay. Uh, sorry, so is my please first continue time here. your public comment. Your your time is
1: pause it right there. If you notice in the video, for those watching on video, she wasn't looking at the audience. She was looking right at the uh, school board member there. What, what the school board member starts doing here is filibustering her time.
4: You've got one, one minute and 19 seconds. Um, I ask you simply, this is a public meeting. I ask for decorum, um, and I'm asking Dr. Jara. Thank you so much, Dr. Jara. If you don't want me to read it to you, what was that like for my 15-year-old daughter to have to memorize pornographic material and memorize um, it? And
1: And then they cut her mic right there. And then they start talking and they cut her mic completely. When she just said, Tina, what do you think it was like for my 15-year-old daughter to have to read that? They want to hit our kids at such a vulnerable age and fill them with filth and evil and make turn them into these liberal zombies but they don't want that stuff read in a decorum filled school board meeting
5: I have so much to say about that video that you just showed me, Matt. Uh, one, I served here in Brevard County, Florida, as on the school board from 2016 to 2020. I served as school board chair for a year, uh, which mean I, I ran the meetings. We're a very large district, I think 47th in the nation. So you can imagine at times they were very unruly. Uh, between parents and teachers union protesters. We've had all of that go on while I was school board chair.
1: More with Tina from Moms for Liberty after these messages.
0: Liam Fitzpatrick's restaurant at Irish pub in Lake Mary. Happy hours every day of the week and all day Sunday. $1 off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events tonight. Live music. Tomorrow, it's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays.
1: Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings, luncheons, and parties. Mention The Buff Show and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzPatrick's.com Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game, and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeros out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Welcome back to The Matt Bob Show. Let's jump right back in with Tina from
5: Moms for Liberty. There are ways to handle that situation. And what they just did was not the the way to handle that. That mom was bravely coming forward. You could tell she was not comfortable. She wasn't there to be theatrical and make a scene. She was very concerned about her child. I have a 15-year-old son at home. Yesterday was his promotion ceremony uh, from his little private school that I put him in two years ago after the COVID lockdowns. I pulled him from public school. Our whole family's been through public school. I did not like what they were doing. And I put him in this beautiful, small private school. And I watched them yesterday get up on stage and and share their experience from the last two years, Matt. And Honestly, it's heartbreaking to me of what's going on in public schools with that. I know that my child was not exposed to anything like that the last two years. And I'm so upset that millions of children in America are being exposed to garbage like that and that school boards can sit there. I have sat on a school board. If a mother came to me like that when I was on the school board. And at times they did. At times lessons get into classes. Right. A teacher brings something in that's not approved and they bring it forward and it's shocking that does happen. But as a school board, it is your responsibility at that moment to say, "Oh my goodness, ma'am! Yes, please don't read that in here. I cannot believe your child was exposed to that. I am so terribly sorry. Please, I'm going to connect you with senior staff right here. Let's take care of the situation. Make sure it's removed from the classroom. There are ways to handle what just happened there, and they they just they just violated the First Amendment by shutting that woman down. They just they just shut down parents and their concerns. They just put up a barrier and a shield, and I." I'm sorry if I'm rambling, Matt, but that that between having a 15-year-old or a 14-year-old myself, between being a school board member, seeing how that was handled, it is it's unacceptable.
1: It certainly is. And you're not rambling. You're speaking the truth. And this is Moms for Liberty Wednesday on the Buff Show. The floor <laughs> is completely... <laughs> Completely yours.
5: Oh, goodness, how much time are you gonna give me,
1: Matt? <sighs> oh, I'm giving you quite a bit because it's and and I printed something off to show you, but it, I didn't go get it, so I'm not gonna do it now. But it's okay because I have the clip from the view. I I had the transcript from the view. I mean, you think that was bad? Wait till you see these hyenas on the view. But I'll tell you this: with that mom, <clears throat> what touched me so much when I first saw that video of the mom speaking in front of the school board? She's not a public speaker right? She's not going to call up Moms for Liberty and I'm going to wave, I'm going to take the banner and I'm going to just be the leader in my community. She's more of a reserved, not wanting to do this, but I have to do this kind of person. Um, you definitely should contact her though. She would be great a part of the organization to tell her story because the school board didn't let her tell her story. But I tell you what, when you see, and, and I've, we've seen it for two years, and I've seen it a lot from your, your videos. These are parents that had no intention in their lives of ever going and speaking before the school board. They had no intention of getting involved like they did, but they saw too much. They heard too much. The masks, the porn, the pornographic material, the CRT, all this stuff became too much, even for a mom like that who had trouble speaking. And I mean, the compelling... The, the the compelling behavior that she had was just remarkable to me
5: yeah i I know i <sighs> I'm I'm sitting here enraged and infuriated over what they did to her by shutting her down, but more so about what her child was exposed to. When in America did we decide that that was appropriate for children to be learning at any time, let alone in a school system? I think we should go look up the test scores in Clark County. I have no idea what they are because I didn't know you were going to show me that video. Otherwise I would have prepared so that I could show you because in most of America, less than half of kids can read or do math properly. And I'm guessing Clark County is the same, but it'd be nice after this to go pull those numbers up and see where they're failing and why they are filling kids with this nonsense when they aren't even teaching kids to read or do math or learn social studies properly.
1: Let me tell you this, 40% 40% of middle school students tested at or above the proficient level for reading, 25% tested at or above the level for math, and 49% of high school students tested at or above the proficient level for reading and 20% 7% tested at or above the level for math. Clark County School District is an utter failure.
5: Did you just pull that up while we were while I was chatting? Yes, you are, you're quick and awesome. So yeah, I didn't even have to see those numbers, and I knew, right? I knew it was. You below.
1: called it, Tina. You called yeah. it. Yeah.
5: absolutely. Because where they're pushing this nonsense, they're failing in other mm-hmm. places. It's a, you can almost call it a cover up. Like let's 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 work on this stuff because we can't figure out how to teach these kids to read.
1: I just just think about the book she was reading too. I mean, I know it was bleeped out for show purposes, but you know what she was saying. What a bunch of filth and disgusting things that they're trying to do. I mean, this gender dysphoria and this gender training and the the fact that transgenderism a fad, most dangerous fad of all time. But it's just unbelievable. Just what kind of sick mind do you have to say is we got to find a way to get this into the curriculum of young kids? What kind of sick person are you?
5: Did she say in that video that her daughter had to act it out or her child? I can't remember if it was a daughter or son, but did she say her child had to act it out or memorize it? What was, I can't she remember. Said she says she had
1: to memorize it and then read it. So what she was trying to say, if you had to memorize it, that means read it out loud. And it sounds like the teacher was either trying to embarrass her, because if you judge a, you know, when the apple falls close to the tree, that daughter's probably kind of a reserved, kind of a conservative,
5: you know, not not grooming. grooming it is grooming they're getting grooming
1: so is the term
5: they're getting so upset by that terminology but this sounds like a very specific example grooming her to be comfortable with that type of language with that type of behavior if she needed to memorize that that that's grooming that's trying to change the value and moral code her mother has set for her to raise her in and it's it's way over the line for public schools
1: it is, and public schools are a real problem, and we're trying to change that And it's one school board member at a time. Speaking of school board, the, the, the ladies on The View don't have a very high impression of uh, Moms for Liberty or the school board's uh, protests. They don't at all. In fact, in this next clip I'm gonna show you, they compare parents who protest at school board meetings to the Buffalo, New York shooter listen to this ridiculous and absurd rationalization and i'll get your take on the other side of this
3: i have a problem with that with not talking about um Tucker Carlson if we talked about race in our schools if we talked about race within our families because getting back to what happened in Buffalo you've got an 18 year old kid who drives 200 miles to kill black people with just with a single vision to kill black people and now we have parents storming school boards and saying we don't want to talk about race relations yeah. we don't want to talk about anti-racism well what are you teaching your kids at home then what's going on in your home what are you talking about in your home so obviously. CRT was never the problem it's WRT it's white replacement theory is the problem so if you don't want your kids to feel like oppressors or you don't want your kids to feel bad what are you teaching them, if you're not teaching them the right things, if you're not talking about racism, if you're not talking about the systemic problems that are happening, let us teach them about it because I have to teach my kids that when they go shopping at a top supermarket, they may get murdered just because of the color of their skin. So you need to teach your kids about what's happening in the world. I realize people just want to be bitchy about stuff. (laughs) They just want to be bitchy. And I have to stop asking these dumb questions (laughs) about why stupidity rises to the top and all the mediocrity rises to the top when really smart thinking seems to be struggling to get up there.
1: Okay, a lot to unpack there. But for when a, when a mediocre show like that, that's full of stupid people rising to the top of their daytime ratings, that's whoopee, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's really bad. And to be talking about like white replacement theory when we don't, and, and she even mentioned that if your kid's oppressed, why would you want to teach him that he's not oppressive, oppressive kid? They want racism taught in the schools. They want to tell everyone that the blacks are victims here in every scenario and the white, my 10 year old Tina says, why do people keep telling me in school that I'm some sort of an oppressor, (laughs) you know, 10 years old and they want it to continue. And I knew they would politicize any issue in a rare, rare case of uh, white supremacy shooting. It's just unbelievable. Just another way to attack parents going to school boards.
5: Well, I think I need to start by saying what happened in Buffalo. Uh, that massacre was horrible. I, I mean, horrific, horrible, horrible, horrific on every level. Uh, you know, I've read about the beautiful people that were just slaughtered and murdered that day, and their families can never get them back. And it's it, when you when you surround a story that serious and that horrible with rhetoric and politics you really rob what happened there that day of its value i feel like
0: excellent point to,
5: to equate what happened that day with what's happening in our in our public schools right now with critical race theory it's it's a false narrative and you know part of it is people's understanding of critical race theory and it's happening on both sides it's happening everywhere uh you know there's this this misnomer that people that don't uh, support critical race theory don't want um, racism taught, don't want Black history taught. And that is wrong. That is a false statement. And I I want to say that loud and clear. That is a false statement. Mm
2: -hmm.
5: What we're trying to avoid by the teaching of critical race theory and, and the lens and teaching through the lens of critical race theory in our schools, especially our elementary schools, is we're trying to stop racism. Uh, We have children that have families that have come forward with children that are biracial that have gone through nine weeks programs of critical race theory in schools with being taught through that lens. And they hate the white side of themselves. They they have, um, you know, literally a kid in the backseat of his mom's car, like rubbing off like his skin, rubbing it hard, talking about how horrible the white part of him is. That's not okay, that's not okay. We need to come together as a country and really talk about these race issues and what is going on. And this approach of teaching through the lens of critical theory is doing far more damage than anything you can imagine. In Tennessee, they were teaching second graders the N word, teaching it to them in hopes that they wouldn't be racist. The children had never heard that word before. Who's teaching them racism?
1: It's the left-wingers that are doing it.
5: I mean, that's exactly
1: right. They need racism when it comes to their power. They need something to talk about. They need to keep people under their boot because they need their votes. We're the government. We're here to help you. And we need you to know there is an enemy. If you're oppressed, we are the saviors of your oppression. That's what that's what school board leaders look at. That's what politicians look at. We are the ones that rescue you from this oppression, so trust in us. So they will take and I and I when I saw the Buffalo shooting, unfortunately, Tina, unfortunately I knew, oh my goodness, this is going to be politicized like we a, a complete tragedy going to be politicized about guns and white people. And Joe Biden trots up there and does it. And then the view using it to compare to school board protests is just, it's sicker than I thought the response, but I knew it was going to happen. And it's just unfortunate because every time an evil person does an evil deed, we don't sit there and pin it on a particular group. We don't pin it on people that didn't have anything to do with it.
5: And it most certainly uh, isn't moms speaking up at school board meetings about gender ideology and critical race theory and the harms they are seeing those ideologies uh, have to their children.
1: Yeah, that's right. Tina Deskovich, I know we talked about a lot, threw a lot at you today, but you are great as always, and you're doing such a good job. I want everybody to check out momsforliberty.org. You're out there everywhere. You just were on and some other ones recently. Every time I go online, I see you somewhere. So thanks for taking the time for us again today.
6: <laughs> oh,
5: you're number one in our hearts ever since CPAC, Matt. You are showcasing our moms and doing such a great job helping us spread our message. Uh, we are lucky to get a lot of press. People are interested in our movement because our moms are, you know, they're, they're making change in their community. So I encourage everyone to go to our website, momsforliberty.org uh, and join. join the fight because part of Moms for Liberty, figure out how you can help move this forward.
1: Yes, absolutely. And speaking of CPAC, are you, uh, do you have a coalition coming down to CPAC Dallas in August? Uh, have you guys even talked about it yet?
5: Oh, uh, I got an email last week about it. It's on our agenda to have at our next board meeting to talk about. So we haven't decided yet.
1: Well, this will help with the board meeting. The Buff Show will be down there recording interviews, and we'd love to have you guys in person and just like we did in Orlando. So that would be great because we had a lot of great conversations with Monster Liberty. So that'll be awesome.
5: That is a bonus. So now we have to go. (laughs) (laughs) Done and done. Thank you so much, (laughs) Tina. (laughs) All right, Matt. Thank you.
1: Okay. Sounds good. All right. We'll be back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. A lot more to go.
0: Since 2012, Cellular has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair, electronics repair, and computer repair. They fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. They also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up back covers are only $120. With one super convenient location, 31 South Charles Richard Beale Boulevard in DeBerry. Or call them at 386-516-6185. Visit Cellulartronics.com. Cellulartronics.
1: Welcome back to the Map Buff Show. Hope you guys are rocking on this Wacky Wednesday, and we are going to continue with our special book series, Books in Bloom. And we have a special guest with us, and it's one of the most courageous of parents out there—parent of a special needs kid. She's author of the memoir "A Hope in 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 the Heartache: A Journey of Grace and Growth with a Special Needs Child." Kelly, welcome to the show. Great to have you
6: thank you so much for having me matt i'm delighted to be here it's an honor
1: well it's great to have you as well we talk a lot about especially lately pro-life issues and things like that and what's going on in the supreme court and what's going on with parental rights and things like that but you're in a different and special category that makes you know some people go oh man i don't know if i can handle it like kelly does
6: I don't know about that. I, I mean, we're just ordinary people, to be honest. Um, and I and my husband and I say we're ordinary people who've been thrown into some extraordinary um, circumstances, you know, and that kind of started out of the gates into parenthood, um, which I can tell you about it, our oldest son. But then we kind of have um, both sides of the coin because we um, also had our, our third child, our daughter, who had a, um, a birth defect diagnosis at her 20-week ultrasound. So we've kind of kind of dealt with lots of different uh potpourri of fun i'll say
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely right away what were you thinking um when you got that diagnosis because that's pretty early on in the pregnancy
6: yeah, well, um, so to be honest, so with my oldest son, it was a perfect pregnancy. Everything went well. Clockwork, my husband and I were two, you know, working young professionals, double income, no kids, dinks, living our best life. And then, bam, the day that um, his name is Bennett, that he was born, um, when they pulled him out of me, he was blue, not crying, and um, basically as close to stillborn as possible. His lungs were full of pneumonia. We had no heads up whatsoever. Um, and then, That went into a 70-day NICU stay. You know, he was life support. We were told he was not going to make it multiple times. You know, so there was a great um, shock, trauma, you name it, of the unexpected. We had no idea this was happening. And then boom, um, he did live, which was such a gift. He um, also left the NICU with a cerebral palsy diagnosis. Um, And so that then led to... Um, Years and years and years of therapies and just doing our best to see. Okay, is he going to be able to sit up? Is he going to be able to walk, talk, eat? Um, You know, live a quote-unquote normal life. Um, And we pretty quickly by the by the age of two or three realized. Okay, he's not sitting up. He's not standing. He's not walking. Um, Eating is a real, real huge challenge. And so, as two first-time parents, um, at that point we had just turned thirty. You know, just young, greener than the grass in terms of uh, just being parents in general, let alone um, to a special needs child, you know, it was a, it was a really, really, really um, difficult journey to just accept Ooh. that things were going to be different than we had envisioned. And then um, also just to try and navigate what did he need, how to give him the best life possible, um, and the beauty is he's changed us for the better. And we've let we have met remarkable people along the way. And I call him my little force gum. Like he's he's the best gift we didn't know we needed. And um and we then went on to have two more kids, which is hilarious in and of itself. And they are gifts as well.
1: Now that is great. I want to dive more into the story too, but let's go back to your past a little bit. Your high school friends voted you m- most likely to drive a minivan. Where did they get that? And
6: <laughs> I was offended. I mean, I'm like, I am driving an SUV. I am not driving a minivan. And now we have two minivans, which is just like <laughs> the story of my life. Um, you know, we make plans and God laughs at us. But, um, I, you know, I think I've always kind of had a maternal nature. I, My youngest brother was born when I was 11. I was kind of a second mom to him. But, you know, to be honest, I am. Um, uh, you know, my husband and i we, we were living in the d c area, two working professionals. I mean, we kind of had, you know eyes on the prize of job success buy that first house. get the nanny who's gonna speak Spanish and, you know, treat him like Mary Poppins. I mean, we just we we were on this this path of which isn't a wrong path. We were just kind of doing um what we thought we were supposed to do. And then, you know, like 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 life happens. We just all of a sudden major curveball, major um, turn in the path, and and we, you know, our life is just so much fuller and um, just more meaningful than we could have ever imagined. Obviously, having It and then our other two kids, and so. Um, You know, we wrote this book. Actually, I've got a picture if you want to see it. Um, In 2020 and 2021, you know, living in the D.C. area when everyone was angry, everyone was mad, everyone was scared. Obviously, COVID was a real thing. Um, And we just thought, man, our story is a story of hope. We have a little boy who was born. He should have died and he lived. He's now almost 15. He's living a wonderful and full life, touching the lives of so many people, even strangers who we don't even know we get letters from telling us how he's changed their life. Um, And then in addition, you know, we have our other two kids who are quote unquote typical, but our youngest daughter who who was born with this birth defect, which was, which was a brutal, brutal, um, you know, sock to the stomach, to be honest, when we found that out at her 20 week ultrasound. And um, but if you saw her today, you would never know. I mean, this girl's the strongest, most fierce. My husband's 6'5". She's his twin. I don't even want to mess with her when she's um, a you know, teenager. She's just this amazing spirit. And, and I think what we've just learned along the way is, you know, although my husband and I were type A planners and we thought, our, you know, we just want to share a story of hope. Because even though our life is far from easy, I mean, we are a hot mess. If you were to come in this house and see (laughs) a feeding tube here, you know, I had kids in diapers for quite some time. I mean, we are not Pollyanna saying that here's why bad things happen and suffering is awesome and great and it makes you feel great all the time. No, you know, we've had a really, really, really tough time. Um, And we're very honest in our book. I mean, you name it, we've been through it. depression, anxiety, prescription drug abuse. I mean, it, it, life is hard, and we would never, ever, ever say that it's not. But in the heart, um, you know, God has met us there, and faith is a huge part of our story. And um, we just want to share some a story of hope with the world, and we hope that it resonates with anyone who has really walked through any difficult time.
1: Yeah, that's the big thing about it, because you talk about heartache, you talk about stress and struggle, but also how overcoming it not just biblically when you got into devotions, but your husband's been great too. And you guys actually met in college. Is that correct?
6: We did. I say a girl from Virginia met a boy from Tennessee in West Texas. Doesn't make much sense. But we um, went to Abilene Christian University in in, in West Texas. Go Wildcats. I love Texas. Um, And I love the South. I said, you know, oh, I just Take me to the South and I'm good to go. And, and my husband said, I want to go back to D.C. for graduate school. And I'm like, no, because I'd grown up in the um, D.C. suburbs and we're still here. You know, we um, that's another kind of God story of we we Bennett was born in D.C. Um, and then after he was so, so sick um, for the first two years, we said we got to get out of here. We moved down to Franklin, Tennessee, which is a beautiful area just south of Nashville. I was like, OK, now I will be buried in this backyard. This is this is the place for me. And then, um, about two years later, God made it abundantly clear He wanted us to come back to the D.C. area, and I was like, "No!"
3: Yeah. And here we are
6: now. So we're now in the Maryland suburbs of D.C. Um, and we, we we get we get the picture. God, okay, you want to stay here for for a while? And um, you know, it's been really difficult. We actually talk about COVID in the book because you know, living here during COVID and everything that's come after it, especially in public education, has been extremely challenging, um, especially for my little guy, Bennett, who is disabled, and Zoom school didn't work for him. He basically wasn't educated for a year because the schools were closed here for, actually, we were, our school system, Montgomery County Public Schools, you probably heard about it, we've been on the news a lot, as in, in terms of just the most extreme, um, stayed, stayed closed, stayed masked, I mean, you know, just everything that, it's just been really challenging, really, for as, as a special needs parent. So we do talk about that um, because we want people to know they're not alone, you know? Um, parents of special needs kids live kind of an isolated life as it is, then you throw COVID on top and, and there's just, it's just been definitely um, ramped up a level in terms of just needing support, not much support around and um, just kind of navigating that and and obviously clinging to our faith and our friends and um, family, obviously, and then um, really wonderful people along the way.
1: Well, you actually read my mind. I was going to segue into that segment when you talked about living in DC because we live in Florida, right? We've been free for quite some time, especially for our kids because the lockdowns, we really dove into that with uh, doctors and scientists and everybody to say how bad they were for the kids. And then I read, you know, I, I was talking, you know, about little Bennett there. And I was like, oh my goodness, how does that work? Not just with the multiple kids but you have a special needs kid, you can't throw a mask on that fella or keep them locked down. I mean, they have to see faces, they have to have interaction. That's part of the growth and development with special needs kids and and just every other kid as well.
6: Exactly. I mean, developmentally, you know, I mean, the data is coming out for how horrific um, the school lockdowns have been for our County in particular, um, you know, I would just say it, it was, it's been a really, really eye-opening experience. I would say um, I grew up in public schools. I I am for public schools. Um, we have kids now in both public schools and private schools where we live based on um, just the needs of our three kids. But I I actually fought hard to get the schools reopened. And that didn't make sense to a lot of people, especially being a mom of a child with disabilities. People said, what's oh, what? Well, number one, if you wanted schools to open, you know, you were attacked with, you want teachers to die, you might as well have a teacher pick out their coffin. I'm like, actually, no, I have friends who are teachers. I love teachers. I have family members who are teachers. This is, you know, there's just the extreme, um, Name calling and and really just where we live in Montgomery County outside of D.C. You know it's a very educated um, you know I'll say elite um, just we we're smarter than all of you we know it's better than all of you you know literally on a message board one time my mom said you know I don't want schools to open I've got my my learning pod all set up and if schools open my kids are going to be jealous of the kids who get to go back to school and I was like wow like what a privileged comment that you, you, your kids are all set to go in their learning pod. And like, you just don't want them to be jealous for a child who perhaps doesn't have a learning pod, doesn't have a a one-on-one tutor, needs an educational experience, but you want them to stay at home. So your kids don't get jealous of that. Okay. You know, like it's, it's just insane. So basically I fought hard and Bennett was one of the first kids to return to school in Montgomery County. And I'm so proud of that. Not because I, we wanted him to be at any higher risk. You know, we worked with our pediatrician. We were like, is this, smart is this wise and they said yes go be a trailblazer bennett because at that point they were so set i'm keeping the schools closed thanks to the teachers unions we all know that um and basically they started allowing kids with disabilities to be the first ones to return to school and bennett was one of the first ones and that was one of the best days of my life is just watching him get on that bus again he he laughed the whole he loves he's nonverbal, but he he laughs when he when he's happy and he giggled the whole bus ride to school that day and um March of 2021, a year later. And um, so anyway, you know, it's been it's been an interesting journey, I would say, living here in the DC area post-COVID, one that we're still navigating. You know, he had to wear a mask for another year. I, I take the mask off each day, full of drool, you know, because he, you know, has a hard time regulating that. And I mean, just the hoops that we have to jump through just to exist here are completely irrational. Um, and it's something that I'll continue to uh fight for. <laughs>
1: Yeah. If Anthony Fauci could have created a um, a county, he, he would have picked Montgomery. That's for sure. It's perfect, Kelly, that you're on Moms for Liberty Wednesday, by the way.
6: Oh, my gosh. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's the great thing about it. Um, Tina Deskovich is actually on the show with you today. So this is great. And awesome. uh, yeah, so it's just perfect timing. I was really glad to have you on for this, uh, for this segment um, because I knew... Uh, a little bit of the story, and to have you expand on it is just fantastic. This book, Hope in the Heartache: A Journey of Grace and Growth with a Special Needs Child. The hardcover comes out May thirty first. Is that correct?
6: That is. That's our official um, publication date, where it will be shipped. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, you name it. Um, if you want to order, if would you, if you would like to order an or a copy before then, you can go to our website. Um, hopeintheheartache.com, and that'll be mailed out to you this week. Um, We've had a bunch of people pre-order because they just wanted to get their hands on it ahead of May 31st, which is um, truly an honor. And so um, we've gotten a lot of support and it's just been humbling beyond words. I can't even say, but I, I do think the book is resonating with people who have already read it because it's just I mean, life is hard. You know, we all know that you've had your struggles and I'm sure your personal life and your family, we've had ones outside of Bennett and our kids. And it's just like, what do we have to hold on to? You know, this world is a hot mess. And um, hope for that is obviously our faith, our Christian faith. And we're very open about that. We talk about that. But we also have a lot of people in our life who are not necessarily Christian or not necessarily having a faith from Bennett's therapists and teachers to just, neighbors and people who we live around. And so we just want it to be a book that anyone could pick up and be encouraged because we're like, doesn't the world need some encouragement right now? And in the hard, there's good. And, um, you know, God has met us in our darkest moments. I mean, you know, when you are two first time parents, I had my baby shower, all the sheets were washed, the baby clothes were all folded up and ready to bring our baby home to, and then we're told by the neonatologist, prepare it for your baby's funeral. He's not going to make it. You know, we just devastated. is isn't strong enough of a word of what we were faced with, you know, at the young ages of 29 and 30 as first time parents. And so we, we definitely don't try to sugarcoat anything and we don't pretend to know at all why bad things have, why bad things happen. But what we have realized is kind of the bad and hard things can actually, um, Make us stronger, make us um, better humans, and really just change our perspective on what really matters. You know, we were obsessed with saving for our first home and decorating it with Pottery Barn rugs, and all of a sudden, when your your baby can't breathe, none of that matters. And so, at this point, almost fifteen years into parenthood with three kids, we, you know, we we don't always get it right, but we definitely feel like our perspective has been I'm solidified on what really matters. And really in life, there are very few things that really matter or worth getting upset about other than just keeping everyone alive, happy, and safe. Um, I always say if I can get everyone fed and shoes on everyone's feet each day, I feel like I'm doing good. Um, And I haven't even mentioned my wonderful husband, Travis, who um, we have, we were college sweethearts and we've now been married almost 22 years. And, um, you know, we are very, very open about just the challenges of on our, on a marriage. Um, I mean, marriage is hard on a normal day. The divorce rate for special needs parents, I think is somewhere up between 80 and 90%. It is so hard. Um, a lot of parents just say, I can't do this. And one or you know, one leaves and, and the other is left to kind of pick up the pieces. And so I'm really, really grateful for Travis. And we're very open about kind of the support we've needed through the years at times um, when things got really tough. So anyway, we just try to be as transparent as possible, but also um, encourage people that there's hope. There's always hope. And um, each day that we're breathing is a gift.
1: No, that's amazing! What a great story! You guys were kind enough to put a lot of chapter one on the site, and it's on Amazon as well. We're going to put the links on the buffshow.com. I want everybody to check out this book. But Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're so happy. There's so many people that have two kids and are miserable. So I, you know, <laughs> the secrets in the book. Everyone, make the sure you in the book. you got to read the book to find out how to be yes. as happy as Kelly Speck.
6: <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Totally. And if you're ever in the D.C. area, pop by. I mean, people say like, you know, been, I can't even speak, but people say, well, I'm around him. I just feel better. And I'm like, I know. Isn't it crazy? Because he's just the, like the purest little soul you've ever met. And um, anyway, I just I just want to encourage people that there's hope and um, and life is beautiful. And let's not forget that.
1: Yes, it is. And when you told the story about him laughing on the way to school, you know, in his mind, he was glad to go back to school. That's just a
6: hundred percent.
1: It's just amazing, Kelly. Thank you so much, everybody. Check out the book. And uh, great speaking with you on the book show. Thank
6: you, thank you, Matt. It's such an honor. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, let's do it again sometime. We'll dive into let's chapter do it. five.
6: Oh yeah, Yeah. there's tons to talk
5: about. I love
1: your show. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. We'll be back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. You heard about the simple math with a solar electric system earlier in the show. Not all homes qualify. An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show.
4: engraving and more. Mention the buff show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical 407-309-3000, 407-309-3000 and at veritastactical.com. Veritas Tactical. Tactical. Welcome back to the Map Buff Show.
1: Great to have you with us on this excellent and fun show tonight on this Wacky Wednesday. We're going to be joined by Edward Bartlett, the president and founder of SAVE. I want everybody to check out www.saveservices.org. We just had breaking news today that South Carolina became the 16th state to protect women's sports. Only 16. So we, we got a ways to go, but we're getting there. Ed, thanks for joining us on the Buff Show. Hey, my pleasure, Matt. All right, so let's talk about SAVE. And I'm just checking out the website before you joined and you guys are fighting for fairness and due process on campus. So critical these days.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. So, yeah, so uh, let's start with Title IX. Title IX is that federal law that bans sex discrimination. And, and of course, that's a good thing. But uh, about 10 years ago, uh, the leftists, uh, decided they were going to politicize and weaponize Title IX. Um, and so you may have heard of the campus kangaroo courts. That was a direct outgrowth of that move about 10 years ago. But now <laughs> they want to take it to the whole next step. They want to change the definition of sex to include uh, gender identity. Okay. Now you can imagine how that's going to have devastating effects on women's sports and a host of other issues related to transgender stuff. It's just amazing. Well, we've already seen some
1: of the effects of this, and this came under the Biden regime here. This came down through one of their departments. Was that Homeland Security that did that, or was it DOJ? Because that directive was slipped into Title IX by them. Which which program did that?
2: So, um, So Title IX is under the Department of Education, Oh, so I was
1: completely off.
2: <laughs> uh, but the Department of Education does cooperate with the Department of Justice, not always in the right way. But um, but l- let's talk a little bit about this transgender stuff. And you mentioned about the women's sports, and of course, that that truly that if this new change were to go through, Matt, it truly would be devastating to traditional women's sports. And it, it's it's obvious to anybody who just looks at a picture of Leah Thomas and sees a a muscular, tall guy with long arms standing next to his female competitors, who have who obviously are not physically equivalent in terms of being able to compete in a swimming event. But that that's pretty well known. What's not as well known, Matt, is the this whole transgender transitioning stuff. And I'll I'll tell you about a story that that just makes you know makes my hair stand on end. Uh, this was a, a girl in California, a a teenage girl in California, and she was having some depression. And so the the LGBT uh, activists at her school talked to her, said, "Well, maybe you're having gender dysphoria. If you haven't heard the word gender dysphoria." It's one of those code language things that says, may, maybe it really means that, you know, you're a girl, but you really are yearning to be in a boy's body. So, you know, long story short, she was actually removed from the, par- from the parent's home because the parents refused to affirm um, transgender ideology. Her depression actually got much worse to the point that she actually, took her own life by standing in front of a speeding train in Pomona, California. That's just one story of many stories that are just almost unbelievable. I agree
1: with you. It's just unbelievable. That's a good word for it because this fad of transgender um, studies and transgender ideology and all these things where they're really just encouraging everybody to accept, 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 this is one of the most troubled sections of our population when it comes to suicide, depression, and just utter confusion.
2: Yeah. And yeah, and, and you're right, Matt. I mean, you know, it's not uncommon for teenagers to have, be confused about a lot of things, including, you know, including gender identity. Well, that's not uncommon. That people who, you know, have these You know these passing thoughts. They have they eventually grow out of them when they reach their twenties. Okay, so that's fine. But to exploit that that those bouts of depression or to exploit those uncertainties in the name of an ideological crusade is very troubling.
1: It's beyond troubling, and they're trying to teach our kids that this is okay. That's what I don't like because I got kids in school, right, Ed? This is unbelievable. So when you talk about rewriting the constitution to eliminate due process i have to hit on that with you because january 6th is another uh, is an example of people that don't get due process but you're talking about on uh, college campuses where maybe somebody's being accused of sexual assault and they're not getting a due process we had the guys who wrote the book don't go to college <laughs> and they were talking about this very subject, and I had to bring it up to you, because I know this is in your area. The rampant sex and the parties and all the disgusting behavior in colleges can sometimes get men in trouble, and sometimes they just don't get the due process.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, the, the stories are are truly horrifying, man. Uh, I'll tell you one of the one of the fairly recent stories was at Michigan State University where uh, uh, you know, two, two students, male and female, connected and they went to a, a party and then they decided to go to the dormitory room and you know how that, that, that plays out. In this case though, it was the female who was the sexual initiator and the sexual aggressor, but she forgot to get the consent of the guy to remove his underwear. And I won't go into too many more details, but you can imagine. Anyway, but she, there was no consent. You have to have consent before you engage in any kind of sexual activity. So, but ironically, um, the college went after the guy, not after the girl, even though she was the one who was this sexual perpetrator. So just literally just a few weeks ago, Michigan State University agreed to a, uh, a sizable payout of over $70,0 000 to this guy uh, because it so badly bungled the the investigation and the adjudication of the case. Unbelievable. And you
1: get a lot of this information because you guys have done so much when it comes to helping people out. You've had 12, as of today, 1250 lobbying meetings. Two hundred plus civil rights investigations, and two hundred and seventy plus press releases. I mean, you're out there fighting the good fight, and a lot of people don't know where do I turn? You know, if something like this happens, everybody's heard of the ACLU. They're not going to help you out.
2: I I doubt it, Matt. And I'll I'll tell you, this was just yesterday. We 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 we're we're kind of proud of this. Uh, we put out a press release yesterday, announcing that eighty eight different organizations both liberal and conservative um had come out to oppose the biden administration releasing yet another uh regulation on title IX. uh you know and and of those 88 15 were attorneys general in 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 15 different states around the country so we're talking about some some very reputable groups saying hey we don't want to go in this
0: direction
1: no, not at all. Um, I want to I also touch on the omnibus package, uh, spending package, the Violence Against Women's Act. What is the Violence Against Women's Act, and what was the deal with the House uh, passing a bill to bolster protections for that?
2: Yeah, wow. We we could talk a couple hours about that, Matt. Um, so this was all this all happened in March, um, and so the most important fact to understand is that. According to the Federal Centers for Disease Control, there are more male victims of domestic violence than female victims each year. I'll give you the numbers. Each year, 4.2 million male victims compared to 3.5 million female victims. So that takes us back to, well, hey, why is it called the Violence Against Women Act when it's really, yeah. you know, should be the other way, other way around. But there's such a powerful narrative Connected to this law and a lot of money, it's 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 now um, three quarters of a billion dollars a year. So there's such a powerful narrative that for any politician to stand up and say, "Well, you know, uh, I don't think this this law concords with the Constitution. It doesn't concord with equal." Again, this narrative is so powerful that it's difficult for even some of the most principled. politicians to stand up for the truth.
1: Well, I I know, I'm sorry, I'm kind of jumping everywhere around on you, but I got you for a brief amount of time. So I have to get your take on a lot of different things. You always hear, um, it's the the left is in a quandary right now. They think men can get pregnant. But then all of a sudden, when it comes to Roe v. Wade, it's protecting women. Uh, It's back to women. I think they're in a pickle. Can men be women, or is this a Women's Rights Act? They contradict themselves all the time, and that stat you're giving about men when versus women, on you would never hear about that in the mainstream. Never hear about that. But instead, you're hearing about this. On one day, it's about women. On another day, it's a man can be a
2: woman. Their story's a mess. You, you really have to laugh out loud, but of course the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial going on right now. That's a perfect example of where it's clear that Johnny Depp was the victim of domestic violence um, and pretty severe domestic violence. Apparently the tip of his finger was cut off by a flying bottle hurled by Amber Heard. So, um, you know, I am hoping we'll begin to see a, you know, some cracks in this narrative because we have, you know, again, millions of, of abused men And nobody wants to believe them because, oh, it's the Violence Against Women Act.
1: Yeah, that's right. I call this trial with Amber Heard and Johnny Depp the end of the Me Too movement because (laughs) you're seeing it play out where she did things to herself and is blaming him. Not just the uh, bottle, but also the slamming the door on him and all the violence. And even her own friends are testifying. I mean, if you guys haven't watched the trial, it's pretty fascinating, especially the redirect by the defense. That female lawyer for Johnny Depp is on fire. She's, she's phenomenal. Yeah. Ed Bartlett. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Everybody check out Saveservices.org. We're definitely going to have to get you back because we didn't even cover half the things we wanted to cover.
2: Yeah. There's so much we could talk about, Matt, but it's been great to talk to you today. It's been
1: absolutely our pleasure, Ed. So thank you so much. All
2: right.
1: All right. So make sure you all check that out. We'll put the links on the buff save America, uh Saveservices.org. That'll do it for this evening's edition of the Buff Show. You stay smart out there.
2: Listen